What a night of football. A night that shows us why we love this game. Jackson Fuller here with the Sports Gazette's FIFA World Cup podcast, and this is an emergency episode. We were not supposed to record tonight. Our next scheduled episode was supposed to be Friday night to recap all of the group stage games, but after fireworks in Group E that saw Spain and Japan go through with Germany and Costa Rica going home, we had to get on and discuss an absolutely thrilling Thursday night at the FIFA World Cup. Again, Spain and Japan go through with Japan topping the group. I'm going to be joined by Kieran Roy and Dan Evans, two sports journalists at the Sports Gazette who have already been on the podcast and will recap all the action. And we'll also discuss some title credentials of Spain and Argentina who have had some brilliant results and some scary ones. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get started. How's it going, everybody? Jackson Fuller here with an emergency episode of the Sports Gazette's FIFA World Cup podcast. We were not planning on recording tonight, but I think we have to after a really thrilling uh, two results in Group E. I'm pleased to be joined by Dan Evans. Dan, how are you doing tonight? I'm great. I can't believe what I've just seen, but it's great to be here. And I'm also joined by Kieran Roy. Uh, Kieran is going to gloat a little bit tonight. He's been Japan's biggest fan all tournament. Kieran, the floor is yours. You know, 10, 20 seconds. How are you feeling right now? Honestly, I never had any doubts about Japan being Spain. It was, it was a comfortable performance from minute one to minute 90. They let Spain score that first goal on purpose so they could do the same to, the, to Spain as they did to Germany. And uh, the best team in the group, simply. So they go through first. Yeah, a little backstory. Kieran uh, said Japan was going to be the surprise team of the tournament. He did say they would go through over Spain, not with Spain, but we'll still give him a a 70% marks for his prediction. Coming true that Japan advanced out of Group E, and that's really the highlight. And what we want to talk about tonight, uh, we had Japan versus Spain and Germany versus Costa Rica. I think a lot of people coming into the night, guys, expected Spain at least to get a draw versus Japan, Germany to beat Costa Rica, and then order would be restored with Germany and Spain going through. Just simply did not turn out that way. Sorry if you hear a plane in the background. We're uh, recording in another apartment in Twickenham tonight. Uh, First off, guys, the biggest biggest takeaway for me is that I think Japan fully deserved to get out of this group and even be top of the group with how they played against Germany and Spain. I think the Costa Rica game was more of a fluke than either of these two games. Uh, Dan, when you when you look back on this group, do you think that we had the right result with Japan and Spain going through? Yeah, just based on how Japan played against the two sort of favourites in the group, you can't say they didn't deserve to go through. I think watching Japan they almost suit playing teams that want to have more of the ball like when there's space for them to hit on the counter-attack they just look devastating especially when Mitoma comes on he's come on against Germany he's come on against Spain and just changed the game both times Japan were fantastic tonight and the way they play could make them a threat going forward in this tournament as well. Kieran let's let's I know you had you gloated (laughs) I think you lied a little bit uh Go back to the first half. Did you see anything from Japan that indicated they would be able to get this kind of result? I mean, Murata scores in the 11th minute. It's all Spain. But were there any signs at all, you think, that Japan were going to be able to turn it around? 
No, like, being realistic, there wasn't any signs at all that Japan could be in the game. But in the first game against Germany, in the first half, Japan were completely out of, out of the game, it seemed like. And then they, they struck back and hit two. As Dan said, they are a team that are very well set up to hit on the counter-attack with fast, fast, tricky wingers who can get a goal. And we've seen from very limited shots, they're, they're a pretty clinical team, ignoring the Costa Rica result, which was was pretty bad for them. But yeah, I think, look, it wasn't expected, <laughs> realistically, but they've done it and they did the same thing against Germany. So yeah, fully deserved. Yeah, I think uh, we'll get to Germany in a second, but it's it's funny, we were talking on our walk up here just how critical, I mean, the difference in Spain and Germany is Spain's 7 nothing result over Costa Rica. And I think it's hard early in the tournament when you're when you're up by that much, you know, three, four goals to continue to press and go for more goals. But, you know, kudos to them. They needed it in the end. I do want to ask about Spain tonight. Are we, do we think of them less as a World Cup contender based off their result tonight, Dan? What do you think? I, I think you have to. I think when we've looked at Spain, especially in the first game, what we already know about Spain going into tournaments like this, like they want to have all of the ball and it's about what they actually do with it. I think against Costa Rica, we saw you've got that much of the ball, the the forward players link well, and it all goes fine. But then tonight, you have loads of the ball, but you actually look more vulnerable because you're leaving all this space behind you. And then a well-organised defence, uh, uh, sort of a bank of five, a bank of four in front of that, you just can't break them down. It, it doesn't matter when you've got Pedri or Busquets playing hundreds of passes. I'm not sure how many they ended up with tonight. but if there's no way through, there's no way through. It doesn't matter how many passes you play. So I do think it's a bit of a worry for Spain going into the knockouts. I agree. I think it's a worry, but I I will I still think that they can win the World Cup, and I think they're one of the favourites. Um, but I am concerned. I do think that there needs to be a little bit of criticism for Luis Enrique tonight. Just he played. Uh, he saw, He didn't start Americ Laporte. He didn't start Jordi Alba. Uh, you know. Cesar Azpilicueta had an assist and was playing some great defense. He subbed him off at halftime. It felt like there were. It felt like for me that he was under the assumption his team could dominate the game and and get a draw or even more likely a win. And maybe didn't take Japan as seriously. Of course, he's going to play his best eleven from here on out. But tonight, I think he he maybe. And of course, Spain were in a great position with that plus seven goal differential, where it was very unlikely that they were going to go out of the group tonight. Uh, Costa Rica gave them a proper scare, but before we get there, Kira, do you do you change your opinion on Spain at all? I know you haven't thought too highly of them, but you were a little bit more convinced after the first two games. What is your opinion on Spain now? Uh, firstly, one thousand and fifty-eight passes was the amount I had tonight, which is an insane number. But yeah, Spain. I I had the same opinion as Gary Neville that Spain do not have. Where are the goals coming from? And I know Gary Neville got slated for that after their 7-0 win against Costa Rica. But in reality, that was just Costa Rica playing really badly. Uh, I think tonight's result is is less has less of an impact maybe because you're not going to come up against that many teams that play like Japan as you go through the, through the tournament. You're going to come up against teams that want the ball more realistically like France and England and Brazil. They're not going to sit back and let let you have 83% possession like they had tonight. But yeah, I, breaking teams down, I think, is, is, is a difficult task for Spain, and I'm still not convinced with their, their lack, of, lack of attacking threat. 
Yeah, fair opinion. Uh, Murata, I think, is now tied, right, in the Golden Boot race, technically? True, three. I, did not, I did not see that coming at all, I'll be honest. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, okay, and the other game tonight, Germany 4, Costa Rica 2, but there was a moment in the 70th minute off of an own goal by Manuel Neuer where Costa Rica were up 2-1 on Germany, and at that moment... It was Costa Rica and Japan going through, Spain and Germany going out. That lasted a whole three minutes before Kai Havertz uh, bagged one of his two goals. Germany eventually win, but they're going out. You know, what went wrong for Germany in this tournament? At the end of the day, it really was about 20, 30 minutes of play against Japan that cost them. But this is now the second straight World Cup where they're not getting out of the group stage. Can... Can you guys point to anything specific that we're seeing? Maybe it's a lack of a, a true number nine, uh, but something's gone wrong, two straight World Cups. But I think this this is all the problem we have with World Cups. We try and make these big assumptions about teams, have these like grand narratives about how teams are doing and like where they're heading. But the reality is like you, you have a bad half an hour like they did against Japan and that can be it, like, that can ruin your whole tournament. But once it gets to the knockout stages, that's even more sort of poignant. But for me, from what I've seen in Germany, I've not thought, well, this is a terrible team. I think they've played a lot better than they did in 2018, mm-hmm. especially um, especially that first hour or so against Japan. Like I, I thought they looked great. But this is the reality. Like Their, their best players are quite young players. I think Hansi Flick's been trying to get defenders to do things they're not particularly comfortable doing, especially with the high line. And it's just come down to not being able to score as many goals against Costa Rica as Spain did. That is that's quite fine margins really so I don't think they should look at it as a, a massive failure like 2018 was but it's obviously they're Germany they expect to be in the latter stages I think you bring up a good point about their defense when you talk about the team that won the World Cup in 2014 their starting center backs were Boateng and Pummels I think and uh they you know Rudiger and Sewell I think are, are talents but Rudiger is so much more comfortable in a back three uh and Sewell is, is quite young. This is There's just not those two stalwarts back there. And, uh, you know, they gave up a goal in every single game. Two goals against Costa Rica, uh, who really should not have scored a single goal before this. The Japan keeper was uh, with an embarrassment, embarrassing attempt at a save in the match that Costa Rica won, won nothing. But so the so Costa Rica and Japan, go, or excuse me, Japan and Spain go through. They will be facing, Japan will take on Morocco, or Croatia, and Spain will take on Morocco. We didn't watch much of the Morocco-Canada match today, guys. Uh, We were all together watching Belgium versus Croatia. And I really think Belgium probably should have won that game. Kieran, I know we're two Chelsea fans here. Do we feel bad for Romelu Lukaku? Uh, Personally, I find it very difficult to feel bad for a man who who completely destabilised my football club for six months because he's he decided to do a completely random interview that no one knew about. But yeah, he, he had a really disappointing game. A disaster class, you might call it. <laughs> Three or four massive chances that he definitely should have scored. I mean, Roberto Martinez has to take some of the blame as well. I know there was a lot of... Uh, a lot of talk about whether Hazard had a fallout, Eden Hazard had had a fallout with uh, some of his teammates, but at the end of the day, he's your, he's your captain. He's been one of their better players in a very poor World Cup for Belgium. The fact he wasn't brought on until the 85th minute is, is a shambolic decision, especially when they need a goal. He's, he's your biggest threat, apart from, you could argue, De Bruyne. And to not bring him on until that late, you're, you're asking not to score, and that's what's happened, and now they're out. And he's out of a job. 
he is out of a job. He uh, no longer the coach of Belgium already. Uh, tough, tough scene, I think, for De Bruyne this tournament. So much pressure on him. Really the only one of these kind of golden generation players that's still at the prime of his powers, um, the peak of his powers. But look, Croatia's midfield kind of did what we thought they would in this game. They really controlled uh, possession for about 70, 60, 70 minutes, made Belgium kind of try and hit them on the counterattack. Uh, Dan, do you think Croatia are a side that can make a deep run right now? Because they finished second in this group. They look a little bit aging, not the most impressive of group stages, but they're going through and they still have a midfield of Brozovic, Modric, and Kovacic. Pretty strong. What do you make of Croatia's chances moving forward? Well, I think that midfield gives you a chance in any sort of game. I think we saw at the last World Cup that, that got them through to the final, I think, especially in that England semi-final, just the way they can keep the ball, that can kill teams. I, I know we talked about Spain earlier, maybe not doing enough when they've got the ball, but I really think there's still a nice sort of overall team composition with Croatia. I still think they get Perisic into good positions to score. I think they're lacking a number nine. Like they could really do with still having Mandzukic around, I think. But like I'm saying, that that midfield gives you a chance in any game. And now Japan, who knows with a tie like that. That's going to be a really fun one, uh, Japan and Croatia. Okay, uh, let's, you know, well, we weren't planning on recording tonight, so we may have a lack of preparation here <laughs> with our takes. Uh, we'll go to Kieran for some fiery ones later on. That's what he's known for at the Sports Gazette. But let's talk just briefly about... Yesterday, Wednesday's results, uh, we had Argentina beating Poland 2-0 and Mexico beating Saudi Arabia 2-1. That sent Argentina and Poland through. Uh, Here's my hot take. Poland have been one of the worst teams in the entire World Cup, maybe just above Qatar. And that's it. Wales. Okay, sorry, Dan. I know that pains <laughs> you to say, but better than better than Qatar and Wales, they haven't been better than anyone else. They got very fortunate to beat Saudi Arabia two nothing, and they're still now going to the to the knockout stage. Uh, Kieran, have you know when you think about Argentina and Poland moving through, it's it's not surprising, but it might be surprising how we got here based off Argentina. Um, is lost to Saudi Arabia when they did fall in that first game. Did you still expect Argentina to get through? Oh, absolutely. It was never even a question in my mind that Argentina wouldn't get through. Uh, I mean, come on. It's Argentina. They've got some incredible players. I mean, they still... Yesterday, they against Poland, they finally looked like they were starting to come together as a team. Against Mexico in the first half, they were, they were still pretty poor. And they got that uh, goal from... Um, amazing goal from Messi. But no, there was never realistically any chance they weren't going to go through in that group. Saudi Arabia had two shots... And scored twice. It was it was the shock of the century. It wasn't it wasn't as if Argentina got outplayed. Yeah, and I think one thing that Argentina can feel very good about is in their last in the game against Poland, Messi doesn't score. They get contributions from elsewhere. Can and Dan, you wrote about this in your column. How maybe Argentina plug check out sportsgazette.com <laughs> daily for a column from Dan Evans. Uh, you wrote about how Argentina kind of need to not rely so much on Messi. Did you see that a little bit more in the last two matches against, well, you wrote that after the Mexico game, so maybe not Mexico, but did you see that a little bit more or enough against Poland, or do you still think there's too much of a reliance on Messi? 
No, I thought the Poland game was completely different to Mexico. I thought bringing Enzo Fernandez into midfield helped massively, especially sort of getting the ball into more dangerous areas in the final third. And then Julian Alvarez up front as well was brilliant. He he's got I think he's got more to his game than Lautaro Martinez. I think he suits Messi more. He's more of a a willing runner. He links play better, I think. And last night was that was the sort of performance I was expecting from Argentina earlier in the group stage to make us think, wow, maybe they could really do this. I know they came into the tournament and, and like the narrative around them is everyone wants them to do it for Messi. Like We'd love to see Messi win a World Cup to sort of cap off an amazing career, maybe the best career of anyone ever. But I think last night gives them hope and then the draw for the next, the knockout rounds quite nice as well so from here you never know and you've got Messi in the team even if you are too reliant on him Messi can win you games on his own very favorable draw they will face Australia yes you heard that right Australia in the round of 16 and then if they are able to come away with a win against the Socceroos they would face the winner of Netherlands and the USA so and I think Netherlands have been not too impressive right now as a as the American I am a little optimistic (laughs) USA can make that an interesting game but Yeah, Australia beat Denmark yesterday afternoon. Tunisia beat France. Both of those scorelines were 1-0. It'll be France and Australia going through. Uh, Let's talk about France, I think, because Australia is a great story. You know, they've gotten through. I don't envision them getting past Messi and Argentina. Uh, We can have me eat my words later (laughs) on at a future date if uh, that doesn't come to fruition. But France, they lose 1-0. Kind of a similar question I asked about Spain Uh, Kieran, based off their loss to Tunisia, do you feel any differently about France? Absolutely not. The The lineup that France put out yesterday, it was a sub-team. They had like, did they even have a single player that started in their other games starting? It was a completely, completely random team. It's, it's, it's a bad result, but I mean, they were already through. So, I mean, they didn't need to to play players and risk risk injuries and I don't think that's a reflection on them as a team I think you're much better looking off at the, at the games looking at the games against Australia and Denmark as a reflection on France and they look they look just as dangerous as they did four years ago I agree I and I think we're looks like we might be headed for a France England quarterfinal which would be very very tasty one last thing before we go away uh you know the offsides against Griezmann uh tonight's call where the ball went appeared to go over the end line uh where japan were able to score their second goal var has just kind of been in shambles do you do you feel any like worse about var from this world cup or are we just kind of numb to it now where it's it's not really the most fun part of the game but we've just kind of accepted how for lack of a better word crappy var is dan it's difficult i was a very big uh, sort of uh, hater of VAR from the very start. Like I, I never wanted VAR to come in. I thought it slows down the game too much. It, it completely changes sort of the atmosphere when you're at a game. It's just not fair on the people that are going to watch. This World Cup, there's been some that have been a bit strange. There, there seems to be some that have actually been wrong, possibly. But I think the Japan goal tonight, that's one of those ones that people are going to get in a huff about, people are going to get upset about, but... The, the whole ball has to cross the line, right, to for it to be a goal kick rather than a goal. And I think there's enough angles that make it look like the whole ball hasn't crossed the line, so that that's fine. I know it took a while for VAR to work that out, but I think anyone looking at that, and all the ang- even with all the angles, it, it will still take a while to be 
certain about it. And obviously, this is a it's a big deal. Like this decides who goes through in a World Cup. I, I don't have a problem with them taking the time with it. I just think VAR's here. Let's get on with it. Yeah, I agree. I'm no I'm numb to it at this point where it's frustrating, but. I don't really get too riled up anymore. It's it's. Uh, what about you, Kieran? You get riled up about a I, lot of things. So I don't agree. I think VAR is an absolute shambles at this tournament. What the hell was that decision to give Argentina a penalty against Poland? That's that true. I a, forgot that one. That was a complete travesty. It, it, the goalkeeper didn't even do anything, and it, they just gave a penalty for no reason. There's been so many decisions where you're like, why are they making that decision? Oh, my word, the Iran, pe- Iran penalty against um, England in the first game. What on earth was that about when there'd been a way worse pulling of, pulling of the shirt in the box in the exact same game? People don't know the rules on handballs because every single game there's different decisions being being made. I can't remember which game it was, but someone went for a slide tackle and their arm went down behind behind them and it was a, a penalty given oh, yeah. Portugal Portugal yeah, and Uruguay. Yeah. Uruguay what was that about the Ronaldo penalty against Ghana in the first in the first week uh, there's just been so many debatable decisions and, and VAR was brought in with the uh, pretense that it would overturn clear and obvious and at the moment it just looks like they're just using it for fun whenever they want it's a complete mess I, I mean it's hard to argue that uh, but it's here for better for or worse and there's times when it most of the time i think it gets the right call but when it when it's questionable it's very frustrating and i think that's that's part of why we love this sport so much is the uh, subjectivity to some things you can sit at the pub and have a 2 hour debate about who's the best player in the world and there's so many different ways to defend that argument and when it comes to fouls and stuff like that it's there's not really these clear cut rules and Hopefully, eventually, we get to a point where we understand these rules a little bit better than we than we do right now. But we're not going to get there during this World Cup, so let's try and enjoy the football <laughs> and uh, not worry too much about the VAR. Uh, guys, thank you so much for joining me on such late notice. Fun night. Tomorrow, the final day of the group stage, we've got South Korea, Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, the Luis Suarez revenge game for Ghana, and then Cameroon, Brazil, and Serbia, Switzerland. We'll have another podcast tomorrow night recapping all of that and taking a look at the round of 16 matches that are coming on Saturday. Dan, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Kieran, thank you very much. Congratulations on your Japan. Thank you, and go Japan. (laughs) 